Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. It didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? Tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had well, a million dollars. Well, I'm going to Jackson. I This is Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures up 8. NASDAQ Futures up 38. Dow Futures up 36 before the CPI number. We were up yesterday as well. We'll see uh, how uh, we're, we're celebrating. Uh, I know Brendan is ecstatic this morning because... Coca-Cola revenue rises in fourth quarter, fueled by higher prices. I know he's he is a guy who owns more Coca-Cola shares than he drinks Coke. He's not part of the rabble. He's one of the one percenters. He's happy this morning. Hi, Brennan. How are you? Good morning, Chief. Although, quite honestly, I'm more of a Pepsi guy than I am a Coke guy. Well, they did the same I, thing. I understand the sentiment. <laughs> they, did, they did the same thing last week. They said they'd raise prices across the board, so they were doing fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet, uh, we have... Economists and pundits and talking heads and idiots who will tell you that because of rising wages, somehow or another the uh, the working class is doing better than the big guys on this inflation thing. And I'm going to say you probably don't believe that. I do not believe that. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe it at all because I think that with the, the higher prices of everything, and, and including taxes, uh, around the country, that even with wage increases, the uh, the middle class, the so-called middle class, which is going extinct, uh, is in even worse shape now than they were before. Brendan, if you live to be, uh, or if there actually is an afterlife, <laughs> I don't know. I tell you what, if there is an afterlife, I don't think we'd want to be watching what's going on down here. Uh, True. Um, I don't know. We'd probably be watching something else, but whatever that would be. Anyway. Do, do, is is it is it going to turn out in all of history that uh, the middle class was a U.S. phenomenon from 1952 to 1988, and that was it, an entire history of mankind? Well, that's you know I'm not sure of the exact years, but that's that's a rough approximation. I think that uh, you know what we thought of as the middle class for years and years, and the aspiration to get into the middle class for the comfortable lifestyle sure seems to. Uh, to have gone away, and uh, the income disparity between those on either side of the middle class is grown dramatically. Yeah, you really, uh, when you think of things like, uh, I, I, I'm going to say right now, but you know, I, I should do some research before I lob this out there. But I, I would bet you could make a stab at it. I'm going to say that uh, right now, only the top forty percent of the population, unless you get some help from your company. Will ever be able to afford a new car? You know that's uh, that's an interesting statistic. I, I I don't know the veracity of it, but I do think that it is very interesting. When I'm looking, uh, I was at the auto show on Friday night and uh, looking at the price of some of the EVs that were there. Um, 
there was one day there was $193,000 for an electric vehicle. And um, I, I was just stunned. If electric vehicles are the way of the future, how can it be priced in a way that if you were to get a loan for it, you'd have to extend it to like a 20-year loan in order to be able to afford it at reasonable prices on a monthly basis? Well, the uh, I, I was reading something, and of course I'm trying to find it here on the fly, which I, I never can do because I can't find it not on the fly. Um, one, of the, one of the core digest things, and again, this is the weirdest thing I read, but they have stuff in there. I actually have some stuff this morning from Mr. Weber regarding uh, football and, and best players ever and those kinds of things. But uh, there was one here regarding um, Henry Ford. Now, granted, I mean, I, I, I'm, I try not to be as, as, as dumb as I sound, but I mean, I realize a new pickup truck or a new car is a hell of a lot nicer than a Model T, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the Model T price got down to the thing was two hundred and fifty bucks. It started out at like six hundred. And then, but then it worked its way down to two two fifty something or two sixty something. Uh, after a couple of years, and as the assembly line, you know, got faster and faster, the average person uh, made uh, roughly twenty eight hundred a year, twenty seven hundred a year. So it was roughly two months' pay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so people could actually save up and walk in. And I know my grandfather did. He walked in and he plunked down. He had never even driven before, <laughs> but he must have practiced on somebody else's or whatever. So he actually went and bought bought the damn thing and drove it home. I think he had a Model A. So uh, w- I mean, he was not old enough for Model T. He was it was a Model A, uh, which was actually appreciably nicer. Uh, but he uh, he just gave the guy the, the dough and drove out. And, uh, and he was a, he was a boiler maker for the railroad for God's sake, with six mm-hmm. kids. And uh, so now I mean the the average the median car is what forty five. Forty-six. Yeah. Well, Which means if you're talking about ten percent of your salary or two months of your salary, you have to be making a salary of four to five hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Well, two of two months is 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 forty grand. It's twenty grand a month, right? Mm-hmm. Which is two something. That's a lot. Yeah. And I, and I, I so I mean, are, are we? You know, for I tell you what, Brendan. Three years ago, I don't know why when all this started stuff started. And Audrey had had one for sale, uh, an auto repair facility on the southwest side with three, three lifts. I don't know why we didn't buy that place. If we had decent <laughs> mechanics, uh, they're they're jammed. If they're any good, you can't you can't get a time. Yeah, and, and I don't see it ending when nobody buying a new one. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying. And we, we've had some experience in the last couple of years of things like the chip supply, both making cars unavailable, new cars unavailable as well as increasing the, the cost of the cars. So those are two other factors that when we're talking about buying new cars are going to continue to do the sales for the average person. Well, I think at the end of the day, Brennan, that was all bull bleep because the chip companies never went up that much and they never were able to raise all their prices. I mean, and yet th- there's still no, there, there's not a chip shortage now. The manufacturer is probably an overload. Yeah, the prices haven't come down a bit. Have they? Well, when do you see prices coming down on, on vehicles like that? I well, mean, it, it, you it, do it's, it's a very, very slow return to uh, reduce prices, even in times of shortage. Well, I, I, I think that you know, despite what you know, some of the extreme left wants to do, and I don't know if it's just the extreme left. Is anybody probably involved money wise? But the idea that you go buy a Ford pickup truck and you have to, se- you essentially are sending Elon Musk a check. <laughs> <laughs> 
we got to stop all that. I mean, really? I mean, I, I mean I'm going to say that labor in, in, in automobiles now is, is minuscule compared to government regulation. Uh, what is it, carbon credits? Get, the, get that stuff all out of there, or is it just me? Well, you, you raise a valid point. You raise a valid point. And um, I'm amazed at, at how quickly the, the conversion to EVs seem to be. Uh, you look at the regulations in California. Those are the, like 50% of the cars by 2030 to, uh, to be electric vehicles for new car sales. Um, you know, that's, you know, I, I understand and uh, to a certain extent agree with that. Uh, with the need for electrical vehicles overall. But, you know, there, there are some free market concepts that I think we need to take place and rather than mandate something like that. I think that if the vehicles were uh, reasonably priced and a better alternative as far as performance compared to gas vehicles, that the market would naturally grow. Why, uh, have you ever seen, I have not, although we get some of the stuff from Carl and some of the other guys, I... Have you ever seen a, a total cradle-to-grave uh, spreadsheet on an a electric car versus a gasoline-powered car today? I mean, starting with digging, got how much you have to dig to find, get the lithium for the battery, and not caring how much pollution you create in Russia wherever they have lithium, all the way through to how, how often you have to replace the battery, how much it's going to cost, to actually, depending on where you are in the country and don't have solar panels on your roof, what they're burning to charge up the battery and how far away it is from your house and what it degrades over the lines, and then the disposition of that and where you're going to put the battery when it's over. Have you ever, I mean, I, I suspect the electric vehicle might be a little better than gas, but how much? I mean, all, all well, I think, yeah, I, I think you're right. That it, right now, I think that, um, that there is still a little more benefit to the electric electrification of vehicles. I think that as, as technology improves, there'll be more benefits for both the economy and for the planet through the electrical vehicle system. Um, I mean, that's just the nature of technology. You know, it's interesting when we're talking about electric vehicles. Um, when I lived up in Arizona in the late 80s, I was approached to be on a board <coughs> of a startup that uh, was solar power energy. And of course, when you're thinking about the Phoenix area, that's a great place to develop solar technology. And it was interesting to me, and the, the, the company didn't make it, 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 it folded, but uh, you know, some of their concepts were to, uh, to improve solar technology. And at that time, they were comparing solar energy for cars to gas vehicles back in the 10s and the 1910s and 1920s as far as how technology was advancing. And it was a fascinating study. Of course, it, it never developed in a way, it never caught on in a way that gas vehicles did, in part because of the oil industry. Um, but there was fascinating concepts, and that was really before Elon Musk and his ilk came around with the idea of electric vehicles. But you know, electric vehicles were the first cars back in, back in the day. Um, there was many electrical vehicles, oh, sure. gas-powered vehicles, when you mentioned Henry Ford. Um, for the electric vehicles way back in the early 1900s. Yeah, I would, I would. Uh, so I mean, the, but there never has really been that I know of, and, and to me, it, it makes a lot of sense right now. If I had a, uh, you know, if I had a big place in the burbs and I had a family, um, I would say that if we had three cars, 
and one of them you just gun around to, the, to, the, to the, all the stores because you can't walk anywhere in the burbs. Uh, I would say one of them, I'd love to have a, a solar array and the garage or something, and I'd have a car you could take back and forth to the Jewel or wherever you're going, and, and, you, and basically didn't cost anything from anybody. I mean, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't have any problem with that, but I mean, the idea mm-hmm. that you're going to jam this thing and tell somebody that, oh, by the way, you know, you can drive cross country in this, we have all these charging statements. It seems like there, there's no there's no need. Plus, in California, uh, well, in the Chicago area, ideally, you'd be charging your cars at night. And traditionally, mm-hmm. because we have nuclear right. power here, at night the, the power's very available, very cheap, because they don't know what to do with it, right? Because you can't turn the thing off at night. Well, California, didn't they have a, a thing last two months ago when they uh, said you, you weren't supposed to charge them during the day? You don't have the same stupidos telling that you need everybody has to have an electric car. Oh, by the way, we're tearing down all the power plants. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you do? Is, that, is anybody is anybody put a piece of paper together that says if we're doing this with electric cars, here's where electrical demand goes? And oh, by the way, if somebody did that and said, okay, ten or twelve <laughs> years from now, we're going to have fifty more nuclear facilities to meet the demand of the ninety bazillion cars we're going to make go electric, and somehow match up the demand and the supply. I would be all for it, Brent. I don't see anybody doing that, do you? No, I don't. And you mentioned the other thing, too, when you're talking about cross-country travel, um, with the need for stations, but not even for those who are going across country. <coughs> Just think, I mean, you made a comment before about charging your vehicles at night in Chicago and charging overnight. Well, that's great if you live in a high-rise with your own parking garage or you have to build it or you've got a single-family home and you put a charging station in your garage. But just think about the north and the south side when you're uh, of the city when you're driving down the street with all of the cars that are parked on the curb. Uh, how are they going to get charged? I think that we should be in the electrical uh, extension cord manufacturing business. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe that's part of the reasons behind the, the ComEd uh, charges to uh, the rate increases for ComEd so that they can start putting in these charging stations and every block in front of every house and every city of Chicago. Well, all I know is when we shoot down, we're shooting down all these balloons. Let's hope these idiots don't shoot down a real UFO because I don't want to be having a mess with Gort. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're over in Michigan now. We've got this 100 acre lake over here as part of our complex. And um, I, I'm just concerned that one of us is going to be shot down over Lake Madrid and just landed our lake. Yeah, I mean, it's a. Well, it can't be Fawcett. He's dead, and Branson kind of gave up, so it's not a guy flying in the balloons, right? Right. Because those are the two guys. But I, this is, uh, how long How long do you think this has been going on? <laughs> it's been going on for, for a long period of time. And nobody, I, you know, I just, I, 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 the, more, the more I do the show, Brendan, and the more people send stuff into me, and the more I read about this stuff because we have to talk about it, I, I am just absolutely astonished by the, the absolute stupidity of the bureaucracy. I mean, you and I obviously realized the, the you know the, the flood in Chicago because they saw the leak and didn't fix it for six months. The Hurricane Katrina with the the part in the dike or wall or whatever the hell it was that they knew was le- were leaking and the people kept sending reports in saying fix it over in whatever that that parish was that was real low. Is it parish? What's this, what's the part of the city there that, that were totally flooded? The ninth ward. Yeah, the ninth ward, where people there were complaining that water was already coming in before the, and you know I, and the uh, and you, the, the guys that didn't learn how to land that were, were flown to the World Trade Center, the, the, how how bad is this bureaucracy? I mean, how 
how stupid are these? Not individually, I don't think they're probably stupid at all, but how bad do you think it is? that? I mean, every president seems to have some amazingly embarrassing thing happen to him that should never have happened in, in a grammar school, for God's sake. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that stuff he doesn't even know about. I mean, what's it, Bolton, who can't stand Trump, would love to embarrass the guy even more than he probably should be. Uh, he, know, he said he never heard of the balloons flying across. And, and they, they didn't just start, <laughs> I don't think. I, mean, I, I don't think they just said it either. I mean, you can go back to, um, to the 1800s, around the world in 80 days. There was a balloon flying around the world then. Yeah. You, think, you think that nothing happened between then and a couple of months ago? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'm stunned. Uh, somebody was saying in the show a couple weeks ago that the... Uh, there's like a helium shortage that if you want to get balloons for your kid or something now, it's, it's hard to find the helium. Well, Lou, what did Lou say? Manny, you weren't here, but Lou said the, uh, the, the first one they, that they knocked down, the one that was that heavy over Carolina, uh, 4 million cubic feet of helium? Wow. How many, oh God, how many little canisters of that for, for a kid's party is that? Think <laughs> of how many Milo balloons that would fill. Oh, man. Like, like Lou says, if you just if you just shoot machine gun through the balloon, the balloon's so big you don't even leak enough to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on Sunday they were talking about this is kind of what I wanted to get to, and talk too long to get there. But you know, this is you know a, a question for Maddie too, who's now a daddy and all that stuff. What? Uh, evidently, Margaret Brennan was listening to her on the radio, and she's talking to some Republican dude. It didn't matter I mean, who she was talking to, but she's talking about the the, the first parts that have been digging out of this thing, of the of the balloon in Carolina, the parts are all, not all, but a significant amount of them are U.S. components that with the, you know, with the, uh, whatever, the words on them in English. <laughs> and yet, you know, with all the, with all the pound on the table, well, especially, the you know, the right, because, there's, you know, if Trump was in office, the left would be bitching at him, but now, since this guy's in office, crazy enough, our guy was in there, they would never have tried this, you know, that kind of crap. Uh, how do, how, do, how do the guys pound on the table about this is an outrage? And yet they don't have the they don't have the stones to tell their kids to turn off the TikTok. Well, you know, it, it just goes to show you that that obviously this balloon was uh, created from nothing. All within the last two years, when you know, started the day that Joe Biden took office, um, that's when they started to assemble this balloon oh, yeah. and all the technology used in U.S. equipment. They, from that day, they started selling all the equipment over there. Um, you know that had to be the case. Well, yeah, well, plus, there's, you know, the, they were so afraid of Trump, like Ditka, or God, we'd never go against Ditka, that they didn't even think about it till he lost and then started building it the next mm-hmm. day. <coughs> right. And, you know, right. I, I look at... Yeah, they were, able to do it, they were able to do it overnight. So that, yeah, yeah. between November and January 21st of, of, uh, of 2021, everything was built and started flying around the country and the world. But, they, but if... if if Trump was in there, and this happened, everybody on the, on the left would be saying the same thing. Sure. That all the guy does is talk and doesn't do anything, and uh, the trainees aren't afraid of him like he says they are, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the mm-hmm. fact is, they weren't afraid of him, and they're not afraid of this guy. It doesn't appear. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, anybody who sort of turns this into a left and a right thing, um, you know, I don't know. It's But it just seems like yet another thing that they're doing just to piss us off. <laughs> it, well, that's right. And, and it's a diversion for you know some of the other economic uh, movements of China and the world. We haven't heard uh, we haven't heard boo about uh, confidential documents. Have you heard anything about the confidential documents? You haven't heard anything about uh, uh, North Korea. You haven't 
is dissipating some of the news about Ukraine and the support with, with tanks and fighter jets. Yeah, plus it's a new aspect from the European allies. So it's, uh, but I, I do think that this is going to be kind of a short-term thing, unless there continue to be more balloons, especially if balloons are traced back to China. And what happens if, in fact, some of these balloons are traced back to Russia instead of China? Oh, I, uh, God only knows, or Korea, or any place. I mean, I guess. I, don't, I, I had no idea, but well, it was an amazing educational show. I had no idea we had stuff that big. I mean, the idea of three three school buses sounds more like a blimp to me than a than a, than a balloon, but it, I guess it's a balloon. Yeah. And Lou says, yeah, we've had that stuff. He's, he's, seen, he's seen our guys blow these things up at, like, Edwards Air Force Base, how long it takes to pump all the helium in there. Because hmm. you know how high you want it to go, you know how heavy it is, and... You, you know how much you got to put in there. I'm like, I didn't know there was this huge science to balloons, but I guess there is. I, the, uh, you know, I, the ones we always thought about were the hot air balloons that, you know, you're sitting there and you, you turn the thing on, and that's what, that's what Foster those guys flew, right? Those were hot, were they, yep. were they hot air? Mm-hmm. I think, they, I think yeah. they might have been hot air, but uh, what do you think of the upcoming election? We had uh, Tina Hone on yesterday, who's running in the Fifth Ward, um, Eric's uh, significant other, and she was very articulate. It was a nice interview. Although Eric and I scheduled it for a Tuesday, and she called on Sunday, Monday, and said, "What time should I call in?" Which was kind of put me on, on, on fast forward a little bit, but it was okay. Tina's very bright. There's like seven, eight, nine people running in the fifth quarter. There's all kinds of people running in all these elections. Brennan and yeah, forty third ward, the same thing. There are quite a few candidates in the forty third ward. It's interesting to me that the fifth ward is the old um, Hyde Park, Lily Blue, Leander Prey ward. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how things have shifted. Like the, the first year was not you know, Town and West Town instead of Little Italy. Um, so with the with, with the re, uh, reformation of all the wards, you don't have the same thing. I remember when when Mike Royko used to be a, a, an analyst an, an analyst on election night, and all the results were coming in, and he would just sit with us. Yeah, but you got to wait for the river wards before you know who's really going to win. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the river wards are no longer the river, river wards. Well, no, it's, I mean, the first ward used to be downtown. It was totally corrupt, and that's been kind of blown up. It's it's nowhere near downtown anymore, yeah. is it? Yeah, downtown and over to the, the near west side, little, little area, UIC, that was all the first ward. Well, she claims that, uh, not claims, I mean, she's correct. There's there's 16 people that have that have resigned, right? Or not running? Uh, it, it, there's a lot. I don't know if it's 16 or 14, but I, there's a whole lot of them. Some of them are running for mayor, like Sawyer and Sophia King. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. It's really going to be a transformative city council next year. What I'm going to be interested in is to see how many of the ultra-progressive uh, socialist Democrats get in compared to this time. There are five in, in city council currently. And whether we can be able to expand that number or if the number drops would be very interesting. Well, uh, Tina was very articulate yesterday in saying, even though she's a, you know, uh, has been a Democrat her whole life and still is, she has no, no great affinity for the extreme left. I think because it thinks they. I, I, and I think that's true throughout a large part of Chicago. I, I think that that's true in Germany. I think that's one of the reasons why you see strong polling numbers for Paul Dallas and some of the attacks on Paul Dallas. Well, the reason, how can I say this politically correct, Counselor? The reason why I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I mean, if he had <laughs> three, right. if he had three more white people in there like last time, what what, what possessed uh, McCarthy and and uh, Joyce to run against Daly last time? I mean, I, I don't. 
when Joyce was pissed off because what they the Daily stole a uh, restaurant from him at O'Hare or something, or if they thought like they that. did something like that. There's always a backstory. There's, yeah, there's always, always a backstory as to why it What uh, so right now it looks like it's a three horse race, so isn't it between uh, Lori, Chewy, and, and Valis for two yep. spots? That's what it's, that's what it's coming down to. I, I I'm stunned that uh, given what happened, you know, because Chicago is some to a certain extent still a uh, segregated sort of town in terms of uh, money for sure I, uh, I'm i surprised that some of these you know the one lady who's running I mean the 3% she's going to get is, is is right out of Lori's behind I mean, I mean she has to she has to re- realize that Sawyer the same way mm-hmm. and I is, is there any precedent for this guy who's on the, the bo- essentially still getting paid by the school board to be running and, and of course immediately got the school board the, not the school board the teachers union uh, endorsement. I mean, is, isn't that a little extreme even for Chicago? The guys still be getting paid by them? Well, it is extreme, but it's not that extreme for Chicago. <laughs> well, because Tina, uh, Tina Hone, the lady was on yesterday, she was a deputy mayor under Lori, and when she decided to run, she resigned. Mm-hmm. So she yeah, didn't want... As they should. Yeah, as, I mean, as, as they should. But, I mean, look at the same thing. Chief Garcia didn't enter the race until after his election in November of last year. The U.S. representative. So he's safe. You know, and, you know, to their credit, you look at somebody like Roderick Kelly or Sophia King, when they're running for mayor, they had to give up their city council seat. You know, they're, they're all in for, for taking the risk here. No, you look at a guy like, like you just mentioned, Brandon Johnson and Chewy Garcia. They're safe. I mean, Garcia made sure that he won at, not that his seat was ever in jeopardy, but, uh, but he won before announcing. Um, and so he's, he's got a soft landing for the next two years before he has to run again. But uh, regardless of what happens in, in a couple of weeks or in April, um, he's safe. Some of my uh, little group of judges and attorneys uh, are not for him at all. They'd rather see Lori back in than him. I don't, I don't know what they never, I never asked them why, but they're not they're not big on Chewy. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm really know for the guy's background, but it's, you know... First of all, did, why did they have to uh, not run for uh, Alderman again? There's, well, why do they not have to run for Alderman? They can't run simultaneously for Alderman and, and Mayor. Why? There's, there's people that have run for Vice President and still better. Who was the guy a couple elections ago? He, he, he still ran as sen- for Senator when he ran for Vice President. Who was that? Um, I'm trying to. Was somebody who lost? It was. It wasn't. Uh, wasn't the Trump election? It was like one or two before that. He, the guy who was vice president still was still ran as senator too. Man, do you remember that? Somebody, whoever it was, you, you don't. You don't have. You, if you're running for senator, you can you can run for vice president as well, can't you? I don't know if anybody's ever done it for president. I don't remember that. I don't remember who that is. Yeah, I don't either. Maybe it was rep or something. Anyway, uh, Brennan, thank you very much. Enjoy yourself over Michigan and. Make sure you look up. There's some balloon that's coming down on your head every time you go outside, bud. <laughs> We're looking up every day, and fortunately, we've got a lot of trees here. So uh, <laughs> if a balloon comes down or a shot, and, you know, there are a lot of uh, Michigan militia people around here. So oh, there right. are a lot of people with guns and shotguns. We hear them all the time in the farmlands around here. So if any of those balloons do come over, they're not going to last very long. That's why we're really concerned about them landing in. Bring over a six-pack of beer and bring your gun and say, can I shoot with you? Find your neighbors. <laughs> SP yeah, Futures. that'll work. SP Futures up 10. Nazivir's up 49. Be right back. Joel and Conant. 
Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Weber on the board. SP Peters up 10. NASA Peters up 48. With the CPI number coming out in a half hour. Uh, people are looking at 0.4% for the month. We'll, we'll see. Because uh, we have, uh, last month we had a big drop in gas prices and some of them came back a little bit. Plus we have this rent thing that we have to deal with one of these days. We'll talk about later with hell. Uh, anyway, the uh, individual stocks in the Dow, nothing's moving a whole lot there that I can see. Uh, Microsoft up another dollar fifty-eight. It was up like 7 yesterday as this takeover thing uh, is, is pushing the stock up a little bit. Over in Europe we've got uh, the DAX up 63.4%, FTSE up 32.4%. CAC around up 35.4%, so a 4% sweep across the board. Asia, got the Nikkei up 175.6%, Hang Seng down 50.2%, Shanghai up 9.2%, so I'm kind of muted over there. I guess they're worried about their, their balloons, I'm not so, I don't think. We had the Dow 376 yesterday, S&P up 46, NASDAQ up 173, except for a down week last week. We come right back yesterday, but it looks like we're having an up week, well, up a couple days here so far. Let's see what happens when these numbers come out. Uh, Bonds 10-year down three basis points, 3.69. The Bund down one to 2.36. Japan actually over this 5.5 number, 0. 0.5. Uh, oil down a buck 21, 78.93. Brent down 97 cents, 85.64. Natural gas up 11 cents, 2.51. Arbob down two cents, 2.50. Uh, we've got gold up 5.20, 18.68. Still 
way short of the 1900 number. Silver down seven cents, 21.78. Actually, they're both down to spots. Silver, especially, would they've been a buy before. That doesn't mean they're a buy now, but if you're playing the range, you'd be buying here. A Bitcoin up 198, 21,854, and we have the U.S. dollar, which has been coming down. It's down again today, a little bit. The euro is at 107, and the pound 122. So it was up to 123 on the pound, now down to, the pound was up to 123, then down to 121, now it's 122, so kind of in this range. Maybe with the F-Force Traveling Weather Sports. 36 minutes past the hour, good morning to everyone out there. We're off to a great start on the area expressways, roadways, and tollways outside of one issue on the northbound tri-state. Uh, we have a rollover crash on the exit ramp at Lake Forest Oasis uh, on the northbound tri-state. Uh, that uh, has that exit ramp partially blocked and crews on the scene. That's our only issue right now. Uh, nice and quiet on the Edens and Kennedy. Eisenhower-Stevenson looking good. Southside Expressways are quiet as well. Weather today will have sunshine for most of the day. Mild temperatures, a high of 51, and then we'll have rain this evening. Right now it is mostly clear and 38 going up to a high of 51. For our Phoenix listeners, a similar forecast. Uh, sunshine uh, throughout the day and then rain later on, a high of 61. Right now it's overcast and 44. In sports, Bulls lost at home to the Magic in a just a brutal game. 100 to 91 was the final. That dropped the Bulls down to 26 and 31. So they're a half game out of even the play-in 10th spot right now. As it stands, Bulls struggling. Suns were off. They'll host the Kings tonight. Blackhawks were off. They're at Montreal to take on the Canadians tonight. That's a 6 p.m. Chicago time puck drop. Coyotes played. They beat the Predators 4 to 2. Chief. Joel, what's up, bud? How are you? Hey. Doing well, Chief. How you doing on this uh, this Tuesday morning? Doing all right. I don't know what, what do you make of this uh, number coming out today. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny. I, I you know, I'm, I'm railing on this uh, on some of these numbers and how they do the the, the accounting or the the uh, CPI number and you know some of the real world stuff. And I just out of curiosity, not curiosity, I was sitting there uh, waiting for my significant other. We had to go someplace on Sunday, and. Uh, of Super Bowl party, and she was doing a, uh, a rental thing for somebody. And just well, two weeks ago, we talked about Morgan Stanley coming out and saying that for the first time, rent is uh, it's, it's over thirty percent of somebody's salary, and it's never gotten that high before. Meanwhile, your uh, you know your CPI says it's seven percent of your basket, which is such BS. Well, now Audrey is filling out a, a rental ad for somebody. And the guy's looking for people to have, uh, you know, rent his apartment. And the guy is demanding that your salary be th- three times your rent. So the whole society knows that that your your salary has to be three times your rent, or your income has to be three times your rent for you to afford the place. Yet our our CPI guys say it's seven and a half percent. I mean, anyway, so I did. Just, just crazy stuff. So, what, what do you make? Of, what do you make of the number today? Uh, is it a market mover? I mean, for forty years, the oh, CPI. Oh, come on! Yeah. I, I, I would, I would, I would say that the market is uh, is priced to, to perfection on this one. That they are just factoring in a very benign number. I don't know what it's going to be or how it's going to come in, but that right now. The uh, you know the price action from the end of last week was a little bit you know backed off a little bit. They didn't feel that way yesterday. They didn't feel that way in the pre market, and they are just it, it, it's priced to perfection. So, and I think it has to be better than you know just like coming in line. So 
That, that's what I think. If it comes in better, it's off to the races. We're blowing out 4,200, and game is on. So goes January, so goes the market. It comes in at or worse. I think they're going to kill the market. I, I, I really do. I just deprived. That's what that's what my gut's telling me about this number. Well, what do you mean the the conflicting signals from the Fed? I mean, I I don't know if it's, it's conflicting signals, but no, man, I think nobody believes the guy and has it for a long time. So they're absolutely convinced that if we go in any kind of recession, uh, that they're going to turn the whole bus around and we'll be back to one and a half percent, and the market will be up, you know, just like last time. I mean, the 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 message that the, the worse the economy gets, the higher the stock market goes. I buy. I, I think I think a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know if you can uh, you can you can squeeze that one out of somebody's brain, Joel, because that's the way it's been. Well, I mean, you, you can't fight the tape, right? And uh, you know, I guess you can fight the Fed in January. Um, there's always different circumstances for the market. Uh, you know, I was I kind of felt with the way earnings seasons were or was uh, the guidance that we got. Uh, just the overall, you know, feeling. I kind of thought that we hit a, you know, kind of a temporary high there in January, and uh, right now, the market's knocking on the door, blowing that away. I, I don't think first the Fed has to start slowing down rates, you know, and uh, hold them steady, and then maybe start decreasing them. I just, I'm just not a bit. No matter what comes out of Powell's mouth, I'm just not that convinced that, you know, he's going to turn out a dime like that. So, just like he made that uh, transitory statement, that famous statement over a year ago, when now, he, you know, now he used the statement disinflationary. I hope it doesn't come back and and uh, bite him in the butt like the transitory statement did. Well, I think he's, you know, they, they've got people, I hate to, hate to, didn't they used to use the word we're not supposed to use anymore, brainwashed? <laughs> you can't use that term anymore, but I just did, I guess. Uh, you know, the idea that if we can get gas, I mean, some stuff is coming down. I mean, uh, the price of uh, those who do any shopping, the price of pork and chicken is, is down dramatically. You don't want to be a pork producer right now. For God's sake, the price is down to pre-COVID, and I'm sure the price, whatever you feed pigs, is it corn or whatever, I guess you do, meal, some kind of soybean meal, uh, I'm th- probably hasn't come down at all. But, uh, I, so I don't know, there, there's certain industries right now as these prices come down, you don't really want to probably be in that industry. But, I mean, the idea that uh, I mean, that, that your restaurant is coming down, you know, forget that. I mean, so, I mean, it, I've, I've seen some really amazing stuff, Joel. I mean, I, a couple weeks ago, Audrey and I went to our you know, favorite Mexican place, and the, and the chicken fajitas are uh, 25 bucks. And, it, right. and, I, and I know that you can buy on sale anywhere now, Boneless, skinless chicken breast for under two bucks. Okay, you're you're not going to get it. So you're going to get a half a pound of chicken breast in the fajitas. That's that's a dollar. <laughs> you know. And okay, so another buck for the pepper and the onion. And where are you? You know. I mean. You're, yeah, yeah. And then another thing. I mean, if you're looking for slow down, some of these restaurant stocks have uh, you know have not not all of them, but uh, you know uh, QSR reported. Uh, some disappointing numbers. Uh, they hit CMG. I mean, you know, where where are people going to stop spending first? I, I I don't know, but um, you know, where the inflation is, how high it's going to be, what the Fed's going to do is beyond my scope of analysis. But I just, I mean, we'll see. Maybe the market's right. Maybe everything that Powell's doing. Maybe the earnings from last quarter don't matter. Maybe growth stocks are back. And, 
value is out. But I just I see a big day in the market either way. And until uh, <laughs> yesterday, I was kind of leaning towards the short side. Uh, that was not a, a very good way to approach the market yesterday. They got a pump again today. So throw in the hands of the CPI. I don't really particularly like that because, you know, the number can fluctuate. But that that's just my take on the market today. Well, did you see the, uh, uh, when you look at the QQQs, and the Q, which is the NASDAQ, uh, the, the straddle, the 305 straddle for today, the 14th Valentine's yeah. Day, by the way, the 305 straddle for today. Now the stock, the stock is uh, the, the ETF is trading 305. The 305 straddle is is uh, seven and a half dollars, <laughs> which is essentially over a two percent move today. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, those guys are pretty good, Chief. You were one of them, man. Oh, yeah. And you can ex- and you can expect support at the. Uh, you know, at the bottom of that expected move and resistance at the top. That's the way they play it. So, um, you know, looking forward to the fireworks at 8.30. So, I don't look at what the actual number is. I just look at the price action. Oh, yeah. so, so, what do you, so for what would you, what would you say? What would you say from 1985 to 2017, which is, you know, 32 years, the sleepiest number that came out was the CPI. Every dog has its day again, evidently. <laughs> That's it. That is, man. So All right, Keith, I got to hop. All right, take uh, care, buddy. Blue, and uh, we'll talk next week. Are you guys going to make the tournament? I don't think so. No, I don't I think don't. so either. That's scary. That loss against Indiana was absolutely brutal. They absolutely have to beat Wisconsin tonight. So disappointed in the late game coaching in Juwan. I, I can't even express to you what, you know, we scored uh, two buckets in the last nine minutes, no buckets in the last five minutes. To me, that's coaching. Uh, that's something. Anyway, take care of yourself, bud. SP Futures up 10, yep. NASDAQ up 43. Be right back. Kenny Polkari. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. 
With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell, Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures up 10, NASDAQ Futures up 46. So are you accusing Mr. Kenny Polkary of a take-the-money-and-run kind of guy <laughs> with that song? We are not accusing him of doing any type of thing. Yes, uh, he, he made his, uh, what, bought him at 50, sold him at 60, and said, see you guys, I'm going up out of my yatch. <laughs> Kenny, how are you, buddy? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing all right, doing good. Uh, we've actually had... Amazingly good weather here uh, for for Chicago. Now it's getting a little colder, but it's been it was fifty degrees all weekend. I mean, uh, so we uh, had the mild winter here, and I guess good for the natural gas uh, buyers. Although I think we're still paying for it, even though the price is down to two fifty. Europe's happy, uh, so everybody's happy, I guess. Huh? Except, are you happy? Sounds like you are. I'm happy. I'm happy. What do you think about the number today? What, what, what would make you happier, good oh. or bad? Listen, I, I think yesterday's rally is illogical because everyone's talking about the numbers being hotter than expected. It's supposed to be up. The month over month number is supposed to be up, so that's not necessarily good. But the year over year number is going to be down, so they're going to they're going to try to focus you on the year over year number and forget the transitory blip in the month over month number, which is interesting because they revised the month over month number up four out of the last five months, but they're not talking about that. So. They don't talk about it out loud, but I think that's exactly why Jay Powell and the rest of the Fed is more aggressive, because they see uh, that inflation is stickier, right? So one way or the other, yesterday's rally is illogical to me, unless, of course, somebody knows something that the rest of us don't, and they're not going to be weaker than expected. Then that would explain yesterday's rally. But um, I, I'm a little bit on the edge, because uh, I fully expect that services CPI is going to remain elevated, and that's an issue since we're a 75% services economy. And that's going to remain an issue for the Fed. So I'm in the camp that the Fed's going to continue pushing now until June. And then they might pause. Pivot is not happening uh, at all in 2023. So I think anyone pushing that narrative is still barking up the wrong tree. But look, the market continues to rally. Um, it's a discounting mechanism for sure. I'm invested, so I love the fact that it's rallying. I'm not complaining. But I think it's ahead of it. What uh, is is there ever going to come? Uh, I use the term comeuppance between the CPI and the housing stuff. That obviously has been wrong in there for five years now. Well, they changed that calculation. I think starting this month, right? Housing is supposedly taking on um, uh, a, a larger role actually in the CPI, while food and energy is taking off. They slightly discounted that. It's taking on a lesser role, which also doesn't make sense to me since. You buy food and energy every single day of your life. You're not buying a house every single day of your life. And who really cares if the house you're living in declines in value by 5% or even 10%? You're in it for the long term. You're not flipping the house the way you flip a burger. It's ridiculous. 
right? Well, I mean, if you're so if you if you're renting, the food energy stuff that should take on a larger role in the CPI, in my mind. Well, it, it should because when you when you buy gas, you're you're looking right at it, you know. But that's correct. But by the same token, most people's rent is they spend more on rent than they do on gas, even though most people. Okay, but your rent, but your rent payment is fixed, right? And your mortgage payment is fixed. You, every time you go to the supermarket, chicken goes up, steak goes up. You go to the gas station, gas is up, milk is up, eggs are up, butter is up. You, electric utilities are up, right? It happens every month. Every day you go to the the, the thing. So, so your rent payment, okay? Once you're locked in for a year, you're locked in. You know what it is. It's fixed. That's what it is. Now, if it goes up again next year, that's a different issue. But for the twelve months, it's locked in. The food and, and energy and all that stuff is varies every you know from day to day almost. And so that should take on a much more significant role in the CPI. And in fact, what they did is I think they gave it a lesser role, which doesn't make sense. Well, I've got. We'll, we'll see because we'll, here's here's the number right now: seven point four four percent is your rent of primary residence part of your basket. So we'll see at the end of the hour or the end of the half hour whether that number has jumped up. I bet yeah. it, I bet it won't jump up very much, Kenny. I mean, well, you know, interesting because everywhere you look, New York City, they're talking about renting out of control. One bedroom apartment is going for five thousand dollars, and you're lucky if you have a, a, a closet in there. Well, it's right. going for five thousand dollars a one bedroom in New York City. It's crazy. It's nuts. So I don't see how that number cannot go up. Well, we have. Uh, I was saying, and, uh, I you know, Audrey, I was wasn't listening in, but uh, she was talking on. Uh, not on the regular. Anyway, she's talking to a guy who's renting an apartment, and he wants, uh, just like Morgan Stanley said, I'm repeating myself here, but he, like Morgan Stanley said, for the first time that they've ever been doing it, uh, people's rent now has reached thirty percent of their, of their income. Yeah. So here these guys are at seven point four, and this gentleman, uh, I don't think it was a guy, I'm not sure, an apartment they were trying to rent, and Audrey's trying to rent it for him, and I'm sure she will. She does a good job, and the, the guy wanted. Uh, I don't know. I think he was trying to get two grand a month, twenty five. He was trying to get twenty five hundred a month for this place, and uh, yep. he wanted income of seventy five hundred a month, tw- three times. So, right. w- what does the average citizen know that the, the stupidos in Washington don't know? They're talking seven yeah. percent. Everybody else is talking thirty. Well, I, I hear you, and that's the part I think that's frustrating, right? Is because if, if if you live in this world. And you go out and you pay these expenses. You recognize, I don't need the government to tell me inflation's going up. I feel it every day. You feel it every day. I don't know what they're not seeing or what they don't think. But I, I think the number is going to be hotter than, uh, than than what they expect slightly. But I think it's going to be a hotter number. Um, but I then think they're going to try to explain the monthly number away by saying, no, 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 focus on the long term. And the, and the year-over-year number is going down. So it's all good. You, you know, you're only imagining higher prices not going that way. And I think that's the bullshit, which is why you saw this rally yesterday. I, okay, I, I didn't ask you, but, uh, I mean, but, but you know, I, I think the investors, you know, it's, what's kind of crazy, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking out of school, but I talk to an awful lot of people, uh, you know, potential clients, whatever, not, not just for PTI, but for other places. And you know what? All, all the people that have is their, their stocks that they want to have till they die, uh, you know, the Teslas, the NVIDIAs, the, Amaz- the Amazons, uh, those those kinds of companies, they've all had a huge comeback from their from their lows, and yeah. and not one person, not one, has said, "I can't believe we're back up twenty or twenty five percent." Maybe we should try hedging a little here, or protecting a little bit here. Every one of them now is convinced they're vindicated and they're going back to all time highs. 
But there's, there's that one shred of, I can't believe it bounced back this far. I should, I should lighten up for some. Not one person has sold one share. I'm not saying they should. I'm not giving market advice. I'm just saying people who were absolutely wailing and gnashing of teeth three months ago, now it's come back 25 30% in some of these areas, maybe 35 Not Not one hint of, of it's, it's now it's going to the sky. You've got to get out of the way. I don't want to sell calls here because obviously it's going to double from here. There's not one thought. Right. There's not one thought that maybe the big guy upstairs gave you one last chance and you're not taking it. I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but it is scary, people's mentality, Kenny. There's no doubt. It happens you get caught up in the moment, right? Oh, it's like yesterday's round. Oh, it's only going higher. It's only going higher. And that's what happens, right? Because then suddenly it turns. You're going to get the... Look, they could easily take away all of yesterday's games. This number's harder. I would expect all of yesterday's games and then some to go away, right? A test of 4,000 is only down 3% from where we are. That's certainly within the realm of possibility if the number is harder than expected because it'll quit, right? Is there, is the there... will sell mode. The buy side will disappear. There'll be avoiding prices. And bang, it'll just collapse. As our, as our market maven, explain to me this. How the hell, you know, for those that don't know, we have expirations now every day in the queues and the spiders. So any kind yeah. of numbers you see comparing option volume to years ago are, are you know, they're, they're worth nothing because we're talking about you know, the, the expiration used to be every three months, then it was every month, then it was every week, and now it's every day. So you can't even, it's becoming a, I won't say casino, but 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 today, can, have you ever, can you ever imagine a, a CPI number having a 2.5% straddle for today in the queues? Straddle's like seven and a half hours. What? The straddle in the queues for tonight is like seven and a half bucks. Really? And the thing's trading three oh five, so it's what two point three percent in one day if you, on a CPI number. Could you even have imagined that five years ago? No, right. Well, what do you think is happening with the CPI number? Do you think it's going to be hotter or weaker? I, I think it's going to come in uh, hotter, but only because it was way down last month on gasoline and gas came back up. From what it, where it was, right? So that number has a much bigger percentage in here than maybe it ought to. So I think it might be a little hotter because I don't. I don't believe the minus point one last month. So I don't know if there's going to be some some kickback. Well, in they, they revised that up though, right? It was negative point one. They made a positive point one overnight. So they revised it up. That's okay. the fourth five months that they revised the month the monthly number up, and they do it very quietly. They don't tell anybody, which is why I think um, you know the Fed remains aggressive. Well, I, th- I think that it's not... I mean, Kenny, you're, you're closer to this. I mean, uh, you know these people way more than I do. I'm going to say that nobody believes this guy. It hasn't for five years. The guy that didn't see any inflation coming when you and I talked about it every week. And we weren't the only ones, but believe me. It was, it was, it's been there for 20 years, for God's sake, inflation. And, it, and he was like, not even a hint. Everybody's convinced that the minute there's any shred of a... Of a a, a turn down that's that they that they admit to, and you and I have seen turn downs that's not admitted to. That this guy's going to immediately going to go from five percent back down to two and a half, and it's going to be uh, it'll be the Weimar Republic again. Even though the economy's doing lousy, the market will go straight up just like during COVID. Because they, they, right. no nobody, even though people like to look at the earning numbers, earnings numbers. I mean, really, in everybody's back of everybody's mind, it's all if this guy drops these rates down to one percent two years from now, these stocks are all going to double. That's what's what's in everybody's mind, I think. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, we, we, we hope we don't turn into an Argentina or Venezuela or, or Weimar, but but no, I, I, 
the news that just came out, Nikki Haley entered the, she's officially now in the race calling for a younger generation to take over, taking a shot at both Trump and Biden, right? Um, so, I, I, I could, uh, I could see, believe, I don't know if I want to support her, but I sure want to listen to her, see what she has to say. Agree. Yeah. A thousand percent. I think you have to agree with her. Look, I still think, I, I, I think there's going to be at least another 15 people that throw their name in the hat on the Republican side. And, and then if they get Joey to step aside, there's, you know, a dozen people on the Democratic side buying from that position. Um, I will say one thing about uh, the age thing, as somebody who's, you know, not 25 anymore, I'm going to say that uh, if, if you accomplish something and if you do stuff, you know a hell of a lot more at age 70 than you did at age 40. Well, okay, that's true, and I don't have a problem with that, but they're both going to be 80. Yeah. And, and you already yeah. see that, you know, Joey's having a little bit of cognitive issues. Um, and so I think there's got to be, you know, there's got to be there's got to be somewhere in there. 60 to 70, I think, is probably a fair range. I would agree. I would agree. A 40-year-old, maybe not. But I, I don't know that Trump knows anything more at his age than he did at 40. <clears throat> so, so I mean, and I'm not so sure Joe does either. Uh, so I mean, it, it depends I, on the, it depends on the person. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the person. Just, just saying. Yes. But anyway, yes. Kenny, take care of yourself. However, your position today. Hope it works out for you. Uh, yeah. uh, SP Futures up 14. The SP is up 54. We'll be right back, Professor Helsner. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening. 
Welcome to Fake Station Giants. Tom, we're on the board. SP Futures up 12. Nasdaq Futures up 45. We're, uh, 45. we're uh, 21 minutes away from the big CPI number. And again, I, it's not me saying how big this number is going to be. It's it's the QQQ straddle telling you 2.5% move today expected. That's a lot. That's a real lot. But especially since, uh, Matty, what do we go, a year and a half, two years? The Obama administration, that's saying that's a plus or minus. We didn't have a 1% move, and now we're expecting 25 today. Al, how are you, bud? Uh, very well. Well, good. I, uh, <laughs> since I have Mr. Mr. Weber here today, both of you dudes, I'm going to, and since we're waiting for this number here, and I just going to talk to you about straddles and stuff, let's talk sports for a second. Okay. Matty, the hot rumor is the Bears trade down to four to Indianapolis and pick the kid from Georgia, the defensive lineman. I saw that kid a couple times. I think he's the real deal. What do you think? I do, too. Um, depending upon wh- who, what you read, um, most people consider him the best player in the draft, non-quarterback. That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, so if that's the case and uh, the Bears can take him and get some draft capital in return um, for the number one overall pick, then that sounds like a great move. Um, he, uh, there used to be uh, – Hal, you still with us? I heard some clicking. Uh, we still have Hal? I think we lost him. Let me call him back. All right. But the, uh, there used to be, and I don't know, of course they have every kind of statistic in the world uh, to, to judge people now. And uh, But back in, uh, I'm going to say, 30, 40 years ago, I think it was a scale of five on people. And uh, it might have been ten, but I think it was five where the number one person on the scale was all pro um, his rookie year, Starter and all pro his rookie year and uh, uh, potential Hall of Famer. And then it went down to starter his rookie year, maybe an all pro later. And uh, I was, uh, I'll just repeat real quick. The, back in, back in uh, when I was younger, uh, Hal and Matty, there was, a, there was a, a scale where you pick people. Um, for, you know, the number one was uh, definite starter his rookie year. All pro his rookie year and, and probable Hall of Famer if not hurt or something along those lines. Then number two was a starter his rookie year, uh, all pro after his third year. And it went down to where, you know, special teams guy or won't make the team guy. And I think when I read this long ago, it was there were only like probably five or six people in like in like all of football or maybe ten that you drafted you knew that they were that good. You know, as it was a Lawrence Taylor, it was a Butkus, it was a Merlin Olsen, it was, you know, uh, somebody somebody of that of that not, too, not really too many quarterbacks. And I, I almost put this kid in that category, man. Or am I totally wrong? I think he could be all, uh, all pro his first from year. From what I read, I think it's very possible. Yeah. It's, uh, any, then I get exactly it. what the Bears need because it solidifies them up front completely. You plug him in and, and you add you know some, some edge-rushing linebackers, either via draft or free agency, and all of a sudden that changes your whole defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes everybody around you like one hell of a lot better. Hey, real quick, help bear with us. Uh, this guy writes in, uh, most deserving people in the, that he thinks should be in the Hall of Fame. There's some names here that I can't believe aren't in there, actually. But he's got the usual, uh, Pete Rose, uh, Shoeless Joe, and uh, some guy named uh, uh, Bad Bill Dalen, some shortstop that they said was, <laughs> was way better than a whole the, bunch of other people. Was he from the 1800s? So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, he was... Uh, 73, 75 war, 11th all-time, way more than Jeter, and uh, something, something. He was a great defender, 548 stolen bases. You know, she, if he's way better hitter than Smith, Pee Wee Reese, Rizzuto, Aparicio, those kind of guys. Somebody, I, I, 
I, why did I think Dick Allen finally made it? He didn't, did he? He's not in. I thought he did, but he but he's all he's buried. Not in. No, he's all Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, A. A. Rod, Kurt Schilling. Is Schilling not going to get in just because he's a, a redneck, basically? That's his shtick. That's possible. Uh, Jim McCormick, I don't know who that is. Mark McGuire, Reg. Why is Reggie Smith not in? He was a spe- spectacular ball player. He just didn't play long enough or something. Then uh, uh, Lou Whitaker, Bobby Gritch, Smokey Joe Wood, and then you've got uh, Lance Berkman, Bobby Bynes, Kevin Brown, Burt Campanaris. When it comes to the top, because when, when they do the uh, all this uh, war stuff, is Rick Russell. You know, Keith Hernandez, and, which I think should Russell's be in. And Russell's not in? No, Rick, Rick, Keith Hernandez, which I think should be in. Yeah. I think uh, Ryan Guidry, George Foster, I mean, he's not in. Dick but, Allen apparently came up one vote shy in 2021. 20, yeah. Crazy. Crazy stuff. He's 10th yeah. all-time in war. Yeah. Well, then everybody thought he was a bad guy. He was a guy who... who who downplayed uh, spring training. Get a load of this, Hal. Interesting story, and then we'll talk about economics. Uh, one year, he showed up late for spring training, and he says, I don't need six weeks basically standing out in the sun and uh, <laughs> you know, to, to, get, to get ready. And uh, that week we were in, we went, I was a senior, we went to spring break down in Lauderdale. And, of course, being the baseball nuts that we were, we go to a, a spring training game, and the Yankees are playing Baltimore, and Baltimore had this great infield. Bob, who, who was the uh, was it Belanger was a shortstop? Uh, he he made like eight errors in like one inning, and it was twenty one to something in the in the second inning or third inning. And, the, and so there's this huge African American guy out in the left field just standing there. And each inning, it's hotter than hinges of hell, right? It's like ninety some degrees sun. He's standing there, and we're drinking beers. We're right next to the dugout, and uh, he comes in, and I, and he goes, uh, so he starts talking to me. And he goes, uh, and he, I said, how is it out there? He goes, man, it's hotter than hell. What, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing out there? He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes I haven't even got a ball. <laughs> One of my buddies had just gotten a beer. He says, hey, do you mind? So he, he drank down the guy's beer, <laughs> and walked into the dugout, and all of a sudden the beer guy showed up and bought us all beers. He goes, what am I doing out there? I haven't even got a ball. It's hotter than hell. Where's that beer? This <laughs> couldn't have been a week after <laughs> Was that in Arizona or Florida? It was in Lauderdale. It was oh god, it was humid too. Oh, right? Lauderdale. Yeah, and it was the sun was beating down on us. Oh man, and it was, it was yeah. awful. We, I we left. We left. I can't, in, I can't do southern humidity. Oh well, we left in the like the fifth inning. It was twenty five to four or something. It was like it was brutal. <laughs> we, just, we, we can't stand it either. Poor guys out there playing. I mean, anyway, this, this couldn't have been a week after Dick Allen said, "I don't, I don't need six weeks down there." I mean, all I do is my, my batting guy. I don't need to be standing out there. He said something like, "I don't want to be. I don't need to be standing out there in the sun while guys are walking people all day or, or something." Along you know, I think I think 162 games is enough to get ready for the season, right? I mean, I don't know why they need such a long preseason. Well, in the, in that, I never, I never understood that. It just has to be a money thing, I guess. Well, there was a time when these guys had like regular jobs. I mean, that's why yeah. that's why football yeah. used to have six exhibition games. By the way, uh, so the Brooklyn Dodgers guys when they when they were in Brooklyn Dodgers, the uh, Dodgers would work at the local grocery stores. I think. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Looking at Dick right? Allen, he his career WAR of fifty eight point eight is is tenth among the seventeen uh, third basemen in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, there's 17 third basemen in the Hall of Fame. He's 10th he's of those 17, but he's not in. 
And of the and he also played first base, as you know. If there's 24 first basemen in the Hall of Fame, he'd be 14th of those 24. He played left field too. And in fact, he played left field. Yeah, but but mostly he was a corner. How, how do we? Uh, how is he how, not? How in? do we treat the black uh, players from the Negro leagues? Um, a lot of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. A lot of those guys are in now. Um, the, I mean, I won't say most of them, but a lot. There's how many? How many would you say are in, man? I mean, uh, I mean, obviously. Uh, uh, What's his name? The catcher's in. What people think was the best catcher ever. What the hell's his name? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, catcher's in. Obviously, Satchel Page is in. Uh, who's the, the center fielder was so fast? Cool Papa Bell is in. There's, I'm gonna, I'm, there are 37 yeah, there's uh, a lot. inductees, players, managers, and executives uh, from the Negro Leagues in Cooperstown. And then, of course, they have their own Hall of Fame uh, in Kansas City as well. Who's the catcher I'm talking about? That's uh, uh, Roy Campanella? Is that no, no. The, no uh, who? I the guy who never, who, never, who never he hit more home runs than anybody. Uh, he never played in the. In the uh, he died young. He never. He died at like thirty six. Uh, they claim he's you know he's one of the top five players ever with home runs. I'm drawing an absolute blank. Anyway, but he. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll think of it. Let's talk economics and I'll think of it. Uh, have you ever seen a, a number coming out like this that has this kind of a a threat to move to market today? Hell, with the straddles and the. And the stuff expires today is two and a half percent move. The market's predicting today in this number. Well, I'm not. I'm not aware of, uh, of that. Um, give me more detail on that. Well, when when you have uh, you look at the call. If it, well, I'm looking at the QQQs are at three hundred five, right? So if you want to, if you want to, uh, like if you have an earnings earnings coming out and say it's a Wednesday, if you want to get the markets. Anticipation of how much it's going to move, like by Friday, which maybe which would be the normal expiration. You look at the call and the put. If you had you had the two together, say it's ten bucks, you'll say the market anticipates that the uh, the, the stock is going to move ten dollars on earnings. Okay. Well, in the in the indexes now, there's an expiration every day, so there's an expiration tonight. So the the, the call and the put in the in the uh, three hundred five call and the three hundred five put in the uh, QQQs. Is almost eight dollars. It's like seven sixty, which is in, for a three hundred dollars stack is really talking about two point two percent move in one day. Which is we're talking. You know, I was mentioning to uh, uh, Maddie before you came on, or when you blinked off, that during the Obama administration, and again, it's nothing to do that. Just putting a time on it, not saying it was a cause or anything. We went. What do we do? How we did a year and a half without a one percent move, mm. and now we're wow. predicting a two point two percent move today and the CPI number. That's that's those are those light years difference. Of, yeah. you know. You're talking about the uh, the uh, seasonal adjustments to the CPI, right? Well, no, just the, the CPI is coming out today, and yeah. uh, and then uh, well, the, who know who knows what the seasonal? I was going to ask you uh, what you thought about the seasonal adjustment to the labor number a week ago Friday. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was crazy. I don't think I don't think very many people believe that number. I think the uh, economist from Bloomberg said it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, you know, it's totally if the actual. If you look at the actual uh, jobs created difference, it's actually kind of like I think negative ten thousand. Yeah. With the adjustments they're doing, they're trying to account for structural changes in the labor market. I think from the pandemic and then coming out of it, and they have it at you know five hundred plus, almost six hundred thousand. And the comments from Bloomberg didn't didn't believe it. I don't believe it. Well, what, what how much I believe from government today. What uh, just out of, out of curiosity, when you, you know, you're not. A, I mean, we have a couple guys that come in and you know talk about the, the, the press and the, and even the, you know the, 
the good press. I'm going to say Bloomberg is pretty good, pretty straightforward. Uh, how is it that the only number, in fact, I you know dinner at my brother's and my nephew was saying, talking about how there's 517,000 jobs, how you just you can't negate it. And I said, well, I'm not trying to negate it at all. I'm just trying everybody to look at at all the numbers instead of just one. And he's like, what do you mean? That's the jobs number. You can't just be bitching about the numbers all the time. You know, it's my nephew, right? I said, well, you, f- you forgot about the fact that they found f- they found 517,000 jobs, but they also found a million two more people. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, they helped, they had an adjustment on how many, how many people are in the country of a million two, which essentially blows away 110,000 a month, that 110 to 140 regularly you see is just the average of population increase or increase into the workforce, people 16 and over that are not institutionalized. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean more people. It just means more people of that age and older. I said, how do you, how do you if you look at a million two people found in 517,000 jobs, if you take those two numbers together, it's not even, even at that scale, it's not so good. You're saying less than half of the people you found are employed. And which you'd like to have that number up to like 60%, right, or 62, like or 63 mm-hmm. You know, they, they used to also talk about the household survey, too, but now they only talk about the employer survey. And the employer survey is just the number of people who have a job, essentially, right? Employers report how many people they've hired. The household survey is um, more uh, more fine. It indicates, um, you know, who's working, who's not working, who has multiple jobs, who has one job. And you look at the household survey; it's not a healthy labor market. It's just not the the. Uh, it, it, to me, it looks like all these job gains are a result of people having to take on a second job. I was reading an article last night about this, and it was touting this big, uh, uh, big blowout number for women reentering the labor market. And in the article, about three quarters way through, it's talking about how married. I think married women with or women with kids were rolling back into the labor market. And I'm, the way I look at that is, you know, they have kids. Um, maybe they want to stay home, but they can't so they have to work that extra job. And so they're running back into the labor market to find money to help them put food on the table. So, I, I mean, I looked at that, and I, I didn't necessarily think it was a good thing. I mean, inflation is really bad, and I think they're still massively underreporting it because... You go to the grocery stores in Brooklyn, I do not know how poor people afford to put food on the table. It is crazy. The cans of soup are five dollars, gallons of milk are six dollars. I don't know how poor people do it. Yeah, even, even here in the burbs a gallon of milk's up to like four seventy, but how would you what you're talking about the household survey is the one that Kyle um, and I talk about most of the time. And Kyle of course digs into the you know, he's on page on, on chart fifteen. I never make it past like chart one uh, because he looks at all the stuff that's unadjusted. But it, the the difference between the two, and we've mentioned this before, but in case anybody hasn't, the establishment survey. If you call up PTI Securities, of course, I don't know if anybody who's ever been called, but uh, if you call PTI Securities, you say, okay, how many people do you have employed that worked? Was it is it one hour this week or something? I mean, there's a there's a formula to it, and uh, have worked that many hours, and uh, the and then you say. I've got ten people. I got twenty people. I got two thousand people. And last month I had I had two thousand. Last month I had you know nineteen hundred and fifty. So I I, I I hired fifty. Well, 
they just tell you how many people are working there. But if, if Hal is working there and you're working at Wendy's at night, Wendy's is also going to say you're working at Wendy's. So you're counted twice. Exactly. So the employer survey is going to over-report those numbers, whereas the household survey is going to report them as one. Well, they, right? they don't over-report them. They, they, yeah. they, Hal has two jobs. You know, so, yeah. so, but what I'm saying is when you use the employer survey as the level of employment in the economy, uh, you you can have one person working two jobs being counted right. twice and it inflates that number relative to the, the household survey. Well, the household survey... That person just counted as employed. Well, it, the question is asked differently. They'll they'll call yeah. your house, and you if you know who knows. Say your wife answers the phone. I'm not saying she's home and working, and you're not. But I mean, uh, if she answers the phone and it says, "Is you know, how many people in the household are working?" and she's going to say, "I don't know if she works or not." She's going to say one, which would be you. You know, so you're so you are now counted once in the household survey. Yeah. But here's what. But the the weird the thing that the naysayers like me not the naysayers but people want you to look at the the numbers in totality between the end of 2022 and December of of uh, 2023 the entire amount of non institutionalized 16 year old and over population went from 263 million 973 to 264 844 so we're talking about we added roughly 900 thousand people into that group, okay? 700,000 of which went into the uh, uh, the labor force. Uh, the, the 159 million of that were working and 5.7 are unemployed and 99 million, we don't know what they do. They're retired, they're in school, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're selling streetwise for cash, who knows what they're doing. But, so they're the people, so those are the three numbers that are key. The people that, the total number the people that are employed, unemployed, and then we don't know what they're doing. Well, in, in January, they found another million one people. So they found more more people in the one month on the adjustment than the entire 12 months before added into the group. And of that, uh, we've got, so the amount of people that were em- employed went from 158.2 into 2022 to 159.2. So a million people. We added another 900,000 in one month. So the numbers, whatever you, whatever you traded on, whatever we we gave twelve reports on the on the uh, labor numbers last year, and and it's and how many million words were talk, spoken about it on the on the financial press. The number in January blew away the entire twelve the entire twelve months, to where people are sitting there going, "What the what the f? <laughs> what what, what, are, what are, Granted, there has to be an adjustment, but how can be the adjustment be bigger than your entire year? These guys didn't yeah. know. They didn't know in October that they were way off, or November. Well, the Federal Reserve was uh, indicating to DLS that you know they were overestimating uh, in the employment survey. They, uh, they they made that, they they put out a press release in I think October, November, indicating that the jobs they added weren't really added. So, um, and then I mean, is it in a, is it uh, an accident? That that happens Friday before the State of the Union. I mean, and then at the same time, you have this train derailment in Ohio, yeah. which is stealing chemicals into the, the water table, into the rivers, and fish, and you're dying. And he, he's telling everybody, hey, everything's fine. All right, you can go back to your home. Meanwhile, you got this plume, they're burning off all these chemicals. I would be afraid to go back. 
that's that community. It was probably, it was probably some of the five thousand that lived there. So that that's going on. There's no coverage of it. I didn't even know about it until I was on Twitter over the weekend. I'm like, holy crap, what's going on in Ohio? Oh, it's a massive, massive. That. It was a massive deal. How many cars? About. Yeah, how many cars went uh? Ended up going up, and it was some kind of chlorine, something, something that they thought were going to blow. So you had to evacuate the whole area. It was really bad. Yeah, and there's, I, I haven't seen anything on the news media. It's, it's really crazy. I mean, honestly, if I think Trump had been president, and that happens, I think the media covers it nonstop for 24 hours, and rightfully so, right? But it's like they're not talking about it at all. It's like these 5,000 people in a lot of matter, or the people who live down river. Of this, hell, you can't matter. you can't be caught in a, in a bed. It's all about balloons now. We we, yeah. we cared about you know classified weather documents balloons, and. I mean, do you know if it was a weather balloon or not? I mean, the Chinese are saying it's a weather balloon, and we're saying it's not. And, I, you know, the balloon's going across the United States when this environmental catastrophe is going off in Ohio, and they're talking about a balloon going across the United States. And I mean, if it is a, if the worst case scenario is a, a, a balloon that is taking pictures of sensitive sites, they got low orbiting satellites that probably do the same thing. So, I, I'm sure that satellites can do a lot the same things that balloons can do. So, I'm not really convinced it was all that big of a big, big of a deal. And you have some people on the right saying, "Well, it could have been, it could have contained some kind of chemical weapon or some EMP device." I don't, I don't buy that. I could have contained a new, could have been a new COVID. Yeah, yeah, the COVID was inside the balloon, and it exploded over the, the United States. We have a new pandemic. I mean, all kinds of conspiracy theories going on. But what I kind of seen is after they took the heat on that balloon, and they blew it up. Did you notice the military celebrating the fact that they blew up a balloon? I mean, I thought that was funny. They were well, cheering themselves for a blown up a balloon. Well, you know, in World War I, you would get a kill for knocking down a balloon. <laughs> But as soon as that balloon exploded over South Carolina, what happens? We blow something out of the sky in Alaska, and we blow something out of the sky over Canada, and we blow something out of the sky over Michigan, and they don't know what they blew out of the sky. They won't tell us. They don't know. They're just blowing things out of the sky. What if they nail a legitimate UFO? Yeah, I know. Yeah, and they upset some alien race. Yeah, we, have, kill us. We, we, have, we want to piss those guys off. <laughs> There's <laughs> very little. I've gotten really cynical this year, uh, Tom. I can I tell. just don't believe anything these people say. Nothing. Well, yeah, Pete Bridge, he's talking about contractors on these road projects are too white. Meanwhile, you've got this catastrophe in Ohio. You have trained derailments that are probably being caused by um, domestic terrorists in Washington State, causing derailments there. You have chicken plants that are being blown up. And this guy's talking about we need to hire the right number of X rates on a construction crew. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're out of their mind. I mean, Lori Lightfoot did a big thing here in Chicago about the police, and the police have, in Chicago, I mean, nobody wants to be a policeman. It's, 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 it's really getting bad. I mean, I was at a, a funeral this weekend, and one of the kids' kids... Uh, one of the guys there has been a Chicago policeman for now several years, and we're not talking about a guy who's a who's a weenie. He we had two tours in Iraq. He's a a decorated oh. uh, decorated sniper. I mean, the kid is 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 all is all is all all, all American guy, and uh, yeah. he said after after being undercover, after being in the worst neighborhoods on drug detail and everything else, it's 
it's starting to change his personality once it, he's taking the test for the fire department. And uh, this kid's a keeper, and he can't wait to get out of there. I mean, so, and, and, and they, they were talking about this in one of the mayoral debates, and Lori Lightfoot's comment was that she's focused on making sure there's enough diversity in the higher levels of police. Does anybody care what color the, the, the person is who's going who's gonna to help this department out and straighten this city out? Oh, I, mean, I don't care what the politics I are. Care I don't care what they look like. I, they could be either. brown, yellow, green, red. I don't care what they look like. As long as they're competent. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I don't they weren't competent in, what was it, uh, Memphis? Yeah. Those five cops were not... They were not competent. And they're running this elite unit, apparently, with lots of leeway, and they beat that kid to death. Yeah. And so I'll bet, not, I don't care what they look like. I don't care what gender they are. I don't care if they have 15 genders. I want them to be good at what they do. I, want to, I don't care what the pilot's politics are. I just want to be able to fly a plane through geese. Yeah. And land it on the legend if, if that happens, you know. Yeah, I don't it's, it, it, it's It's kind of crazy where we're going with this. But, hey, yeah. when, when we... Uh, uh, we get back. We have to talk about these numbers, obviously. I also want to talk about the uh, the China situation. I know you you have uh, knowledge on this, and I mean the idea that you have people, you know, pounding the table that we, you know, this guy's not strong enough on China. And if Trump was all that kind of political BS, the fact is, what can we do? We're in, we're in so tight with these people. Like Margaret Brennan asked one of the this Republican guy saying, you know, Biden wasn't. Uh, wasn't wasn't hard enough on uh, the Chinese and blah blah blah, and then she said, "Well, we got we got two hundred million people using TikTok in this country. How, how, how the hell do you tell anybody to do do anything?" The guy looked at her like she had three heads. I mean, here's a guy who couldn't even tell his kids to get off TikTok. Probably, and yet he's going he's going he's going to bomb the place, right? I mean, give me a break. I mean, you know, are we going to stop buying the stuff from them, or what? Or what are we going to do? It's, you know, when, uh, when we get back, we have to get through with this number stuff, which we'll know in a second here. Matter of fact, we're going to break right now. SP Futures up twelve. We'll get the numbers as soon as we come back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. 
Well, now it looks like MAM interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Marks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Matt Weber on the board. We have Professor Harold Snarwood. As I hear the number came out at 0.5, which is worse than the 0.4. That's the adjusted number. The unadjusted number is 0.8, which is like really high. So we and so the year-over-year number is 6.4 unadjusted. It's supposed to be a little bit less than that. Uh, we said the market flew way down. The S&Ps, now they're flying back up. So somebody's finding a silver lining in this. I'm not so sure where they are, but there's one there somewhere, evidently. Uh, so S&P futures, I said, are now 30. We're up 20. We're down 25. Now we're up 30. So we've had about a 50-point spin in the last maybe minute and a half. NASDAQ up 135. As somebody's decided this is a good number, even though it's worse than those expectors. Who are those expectorators kind of, kind of guys? Uh, over in Europe, well, these numbers aren't going to reflect everything right now. So, man, I want you to try to weather sports because he's a little bit delay on the uh, numbers overseas. So I'll give those in a few minutes. I can do that. Uh, 33 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We're seeing traffic build on the uh, Kennedy because we had an earlier crash on the inbound side at Harlem. That crash has been moved to the right shoulder, uh, but the Kennedy is our slowest moving expressway right now as we're approaching an an hour from O'Hare into downtown. Traffic building on the Edens, but no accidents to report. Same for the Eisenhower and Stevenson. Southside expressways have looked pretty good all morning. Uh, We do have a crash down South Ridgeland Avenue at uh, Route 83. Uh, but nothing on the expressways. Off the expressways, a crash in the northern suburbs, uh, Gilmer Road at Darlington Drive, and then um, uh, looks like just west of there, Roberts Road at Darrell Drive. But everything else all quiet. Weather today, sunshine early. We'll have rain later on this evening, a high of 51. Right now it is clear and 39 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine and then rain in the evening as well with a high of 61. Right now it's overcast and 44. In sports, Bulls lost at home the Magic 100-91. Suns were off. They'll host the Kings tonight. Blackhawks were off. there at Montreal to take on the Canadians tonight. That's a 6 p.m. Chicago time puck drop. Coyotes played last night. They doubled up the Predators in Nashville 4-2. Chief. So Kenny and I were talking before when he was on regarding this big adjustment. So the adjustment in rent of primary residents went from 7.44% of your basket, Al, to 7.52. Now there's an adjustment. Uh, so they've got Rent up 8.6 year over year, and it's only 7.5% of what you spend your money on. If you believe that, Hal, I got a bridge for sale. Brooklyn. Just saying. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't buy that either. So what do you make of the move? We're not, we're not getting our 2.5% move. It's a, it's a half a percent move. We're, uh, so right now it's pretty... 6.2%, 6, 6. right? Yep. An annual? Yeah, that's well, I'd like to know is which con? I mean, because within that survey of economists, six point two is the average of what they're saying. So, what are the comments saying on the high end, and what are the comments saying on the low end? Well, I think, <laughs> the, but they're but they're they're being asked to predict 
what yeah. these guys are going to say. They're not going. They're not. They're not being yeah. asked to say what the real number is. And there's a difference, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you and I were to predict what well, they were going to say, it's on the high end of that. It was on the low end of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so the, the the numbers were actually were actually pretty high. I don't know how you how do you get a monthly adjustment? Where does that come from? Well, I think what happens is they um, want to, uh, in a statistical model over time, you have to subtract out seasonal fluctuations. Like, for example, when, when we lived in Utah and my in-laws came to visit us, I would never take them to a city during the winter because the prices were two times higher than they were in August. And when they came to the summer, I'd take them up to Park City, and we have a bunch up there because now the prices are what they are down in Salt Lake City because it's the off-season. So all these uh, these seasonal adjustments, these monthly adjustments, all they do is they account for that. And it, what they're trying to do is trying to get a, a stable average through time. Okay, but... Uh, it's kind of the fluctuations um, throughout a given month. I mean, throughout the year. Well, here's a... For a guy who's a big chef like Matty Weber, how, how does this have come about? I'm just reading down the list here. Flour and prepared flour mixes, whatever the hell that is. Uh, I guess that's pancake, pancake mix. I don't know. The actual okay. number from December to January was 3.9% increase. Okay. The adjusted number is minus 0.9. Whose job it is to adjust the price of flour down 4.8%? How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, how do you get that job? Well, I think we may, we maybe have lost Hal here, Matty, and, uh, and the connection he seems to have winked out. I'll call him back. The uh, how, how does how does that even happen? And here's uh, I mean it, the uh, really really strange stuff. I mean they're, they're, that's the biggest adjustment I've seen as I'm kind of going down here from the unadjusted to the adjusted. But uh, crackers up two point four percent, adjusted one point one. I mean, how the hell do you adjust the price of a cracker? I, you know, I don't, I don't, very, very strange uh, situation here. A ham, excluding canned ham, 5.5% adjusted price, 3.5. Okay, I don't, I don't, uh, real, real, real strange stuff. Um, milk, uh, 0.8% actual, adjusted price, minus 0.4. Uh, Al, I'm looking at some of these adjustments, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stunned. I don't know how they, how we get here. I don't know how you... Adjust the price of flour from up three point nine to minus point nine. Who the hell does that? Is that some economist guy doing that? I'm not losing you again. The uh, yeah, I think we got to get you a landline, buddy, or something out there. But uh, uh, I don't, I don't know how these. Yeah, I think we're gonna. I don't know. We have to try try get it back. Maybe else you and I will talk uh, prices in sports. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of adjustments there, but I don't know how the adjustment could be that big in one month. But um, anyway. Obviously, this stuff uh, there's there's a huge amount of detail in it, and the 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 one I'm looking at is the uh, consumer price index for all urban consumers U.S. city average. But you can take every one of these items, and it's broken down like the, the report is massive. So the amount of people that actually compile this thing, I mean, here's canned fruits and vegetables, actual point three adjusted minus point one. I mean, I don't I don't know where this comes from. So uh, it looks like the adjusters were, were pointing this down. I don't know how, if if it, w- if it came down on high from the Oval Office, I don't know how you'd find out why why I would start at flour and canned vegetables, but uh, evidently somebody did. Uh, Hal, I'm just going through the, adju- the adjustments here. And canned vegetables, canned ham, 
somebody's adjusting all that stuff down. How, who gets that job, and why would you even do that? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know uh, how they do that at that level. Um, it'd be interesting to send a student to the DLS um, and have them work on such those kinds of surveys. It'd be interesting to find that out, but Honestly, I, I, you know, I'm not sure what they're doing statistically. Well, here, um, uh, salt and other seasonings up 2.8%, adjusted number 0. 0.6. They're up 2.8%. How do you adjust the price of salt, for God's sake? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what they're doing with that, honestly. Um, all the adjustments are to the downside? Uh, cut, no, a couple are up, but most of them are to the downside. Uh, <laughs> butter up 2.2%, adjusted number minus 0. 0.7. Yeah. Well, no, one point, one point seven. It's like a, almost a four percent move between the adjusted and the non-adjusted in one month. Yeah, you think you'd go to yeah. ten to ten stores and do your survey, and that's it. And yeah. Uh, all right. So what? Uh, yeah. Let's sneak on to my other topic. What if, other than you know bashing and whatever administration happens to be in there about how we're not tough enough on China, if we actually wanted to do something, um, Hal, what, what what is the time frame for bringing back? Generic drugs. Uh, what is the time frame for certain manufacturing stuff? What is the the time frame where the two hundred million people, evidently, that are on TikTok, me not being one of them, it's not like the president can come out and say, "Hey, these guys are listening to you. What's the matter with you? Get off TikTok and people paying attention to them." Matter of fact, young people probably go ahead and get on more because he said not to. I mean, it's like, I mean, we're we're not we have a bunch of people sniping, as they used to say in a. As the Irish used to say, the snipes, the snipes are grousing, right? Uh, yeah. We're grousing, but we're not doing anything. Nobody wants to do anything. It doesn't appear to me. Well, it sounds like to me that um, this military-industrial complex wants blood. And the blood in Ukraine isn't enough. They want some blood somewhere else. And they're beating the war drums. And to me, the solution is to quit scaring the Chinese CCP. The dictator lives in a constant state of fear. And the last thing we want to do is make that guy more afraid. Because the more afraid that guy gets, the more irrational he might be become. And so what I would do is I would just like, hey, let's be friends with these people. Uh, let's trade with them. And if you want to bring stuff like reagents and manufacturing back to the United States, do like they do in New York in in uh, CUNY and SUNY campuses. They have this thing called Startup New York. They give the companies who start companies on these campuses no, uh, they give them a tax break for 10 years. And they're called enterprise zones. Instead of making CUNY and SUNY campuses enterprise zones, make the whole dang country an enterprise zone. If not manufacturing back in the United States, get rid of all these regulations and rules, change the tax code, and encourage people to bring their money back to the United States without tax and invest in the United States. we got a system set up where we're like shooting people out of the country. Let's trade with China. Let's trade with Mexico. Let's make them our friends. And then if you, if you want to manufacture in the United States, make it easy for people to set up automated manufacturing facilities in the United States. Well, yeah, I'm going to say that's the, that's the, very, that's the very serious... Uh, by the way, now S and P's are down four from being up thirty five like two seconds ago. Uh, that is a very serious. Uh, by the way, your 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 uh, 
you're kind of breaking up again, but I'm going to say you're, you're following a long line of, of people like Milton Friedman and other people that, that really thought that trade and economic uh, cooperation was somehow the answer and the, and the political stuff would somehow follow. And I'm going to say out of all the stuff that my, uh, I won't say my mentor, the guy I had him in class and, and read all his stuff or as much as I could, and I'm a firm believer and a, and a fan of Milton Friedman. That's the one spot, Hal, that he was absolutely wrong on. <laughs> Maybe that, that somehow or another, that he, his view of the world was that everybody was like us, and as long as people had economic freedom, political freedom would follow. And you know what? It just hasn't happened. It hasn't happened in Mexico because the cartels run the place. It surely as hell hasn't happened in China. It wouldn't happen in North Korea, I don't think, either. Uh, it 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 does it it has not happened because other people don't have the uh, I'm going to say whatever it is the 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 uh, Anglo U S European sort of they have no concept of a fair election they have no concept of the party out of power uh, staying out of power what, what they call it the, the loyal opposition they have no concept of people leaving office if you lose I mean you can't if you don't have that you can't Sort of institute a democracy from the top, and then and just because people are making more money doesn't make doesn't make them into, you know, England where you started. You know, we had the uh, the magna what was it, the charter in nine eleven or twelve eleven or whatever the date was. Uh, I mean, there's a history to how democratic places, and we're getting less democratic in my mind. There's a history to how those places think and feel, and you and somehow. You're not going to get the Chinese to feel that way. Look at look at how they treated their people with COVID. I mean, for God's sake, they didn't, they didn't care if they kicked the bodies out the back door. It doesn't appear. I mean, you, well, I think, the cartel situation in Mexico is we we had this drug war since uh, what Nixon. Yeah. And the drug wars, the bans on drugs, drug wars, all of those make the drugs more dangerous, more concentrated. Uh, they um, and who, who uh, will satisfy that? So the criminals, these criminal organizations in Mexico got really rich because of the drug war. And on top of that, um, they've gotten really wealthy lately. And I think what's happening is because they've gotten so wealthy on uh, fentanyl is a really inexpensive product to make. They're making these drugs really addictive, and that's making them even more wealthy. And they're not afraid to kill people if you cross them. Right. And they're slowly taking over the, the government of Mexico. So I can actually see that Mexico will, government will fail and the cartels will pretty much run 100% of that country. It's not like what's going on in the Taliban in Afghanistan. Well, yeah, it's a... It's a, it's a I mean, I, the, the, the government in Mexico, is to me, is nothing more than a figurehead, to be honest with you. I think in 20 years, if we don't do something... Uh, Turn that around. I know. I don't know how we're going to turn that around in Mexico. Um, that's a, that's a pretty tough problem. But it was, I think, it was created by this the fact that he started this drug war and he made a product that people want to consume, whether you like it or not. People want to consume it. We made it legal to them to do so. They wanted it, and criminals stepped in to supply that product, and they carved up the United States. And as long as your competitors don't fall in their region of the United States, you don't get off. But as soon as they cross over to their territory, they, they shoot them and kill them. I said the cartel. It was, a, it was a creation of our drug war. Without the drug war, I don't think the cartel would exist. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, it's a, these are these are, are very difficult issues. Many of um, you, uh, you want to opine in? Oh, yeah, we just have a Twitter question. Um, Kevin writes in, if we're replacing year-over-year inflation, why is a monthly adjustment relevant? Uh, well, because the, I'm not so sure the uh, how you get the monthly adjustment. If you can't believe the monthly, how do you believe the yearly? It's just a combination of all the monthlies. I don't think the... The adjustments matter that much. I think what matters is what people pay in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. And even if, even if inflation is really 6.5%, whatever they say it is, right? People fill it in the store, and that 6.5% might be down from like 9% of its peak. But the problem with that is when you start saying that inflation is coming down, you're implying, I think you're trying to imply that prices are coming down. Prices still rose during the month. Well, that's and we rose from a level that was had risen probably forty percent or more over the course of the year and a half. Well, the price is still going up. Well, that's what uh, that's why there's not. If if you were to go on the air and say that, uh, Hal, when I say not on the air with me, you can say it, but on the air with uh, CNBC, you're not invited back. The people who who, who do talk about that. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, you and I know, and I think our listeners probably know. And a couple of I'm getting a couple of. Uh, uh, Text here from people, obviously that that know there's a in, inflation is the rate of change of pricing. It's 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 yeah. it's the it's the second derivative of the curve, right? Or but you know more about math, or is it the first derivative? Whatever. It's it's the slope of the curve. How fast are we moving, right? Yeah. And so, but if you, so, if you're if your autos, I mentioned this last week in Powell's speech, he essentially told me, I mean, you know, people, you listen for what you're listening for. That the the price of a car went from twenty five to forty, using you know just crazy numbers, and as long as it goes to go to forty one, he's okay with it. So the inflation the inflation has actually quote stopped or slowed down dramatically, but the price level is still a problem, and they're not going. There's no way they're going to fight that price back down from forty to twenty six. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. But that not, not only do they not want to. I, I don't know how the hell how they can. I mean, like how, how many? I mean, how many? For God's sake, how many? How, how you know? How, how, how much? What would that? What would you have to do? I mean, the restaurant prices aren't coming down because the price of chicken and pork came down last week. Uh, well, the recipe for bringing prices down is letting entrepreneurs innovate in the markets uh, compete when profit margins are excessive. Entrepreneurs recognize that they jump in, they compete, they pull prices down. Quality goes up, prices come down. You generally see that in things where the industries aren't heavily regulated and managed or owned by government. But the banking system, the banking system uh, inflates prices. People use loans to buy things like college education, cars, homes. Right. So the inflation. In the areas that have been most heavily managed, regulated um, um, by government, you see prices come down and quality go up in industries that are relatively free, like computers and software and the internet. I mean, that all brings those prices down. So what we have to do is we have to let entrepreneurs discover where these extreme profit margins are, enter the market, and disrupt and you'll bring prices down. But that's not going to happen if the whole system set up to do what? Well, what percentage? The system uses a con law to keep the competitors out, for example. 
or licensing. If you if you had a, if you had to uh, put a number on it, what percentage of the our economy now would you say is I won't say perfectly competitive because there's no such thing, but is 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 relatively competitive? I mean, in, in the sense that people can enter the business pretty easy if they want it. I'm not talking about tomorrow, but in in a few months. I mean, there's there's no barrier if you, if you think there's a you know there's room for another hot dog stand to buying a building. You know, getting the kitchen in there and, and and opening up a hot dog restaurant or hot dog stand. I mean, there's there's probably not much barrier there other than the city of Chicago, you know, screwing you over on, on permits and delaying the hell out of you and all those kinds of things. I mean, you have that kind of mess to deal with. But how many industries would you say? Well, I are think actually it depends on what state you're in. For one, right? Some states it's harder to open a business. Yeah, licensing laws. I mean, you look at banking. You look at education. Healthcare, none of those industries are free. Well, then you, all you so are utilities. That eliminates a huge chunk of the American economy. So you're talking. Uh, but then you got these con laws. They're crazy. I think we just lost Alan again, but, but I'll finish up what he was saying. I think if you take a percentage of your, your paycheck and you look at uh, your healthcare, you'll get your utilities. You look at those kinds of things, and you figure out how much you pay and all that stuff. Any, certainly any prescription drugs, if you have any. I, I'm going to guess not more than 30 or 35% of the economy is still able able to compete, and which is, you know, it might be a little low. Uh, let me see if, if uh, you know, if Hal did the study at his school, he'd come up with a hell of a lot better number than I would. But I don't see, I mean, look, look at your, in the last four months, we've seen the price of natural gas go to ridiculously low levels, and I don't see anybody's natural gas. Everybody's gas bill is still way higher than last year. You know, so depending in some areas worse. And actually, Chicago is not as bad as uh, the suburbs, which is North Shore. Those are the people that are telling me that it's doubling in two and a half, three times. We're in a city that really hasn't done that. It's up some. So, but I mean, we're not. That that's not going to come down. I mean, at all. I don't think. Uh, you know, the price of cars, if it comes down, I think the auto companies. What is it going to take for somebody to start up a new auto company? And these guys are real happy, I think, selling eighty percent as many cars at forty percent higher price. Uh, you know, it's, it seems like it's easier. Now, how, and how do we? And, and for a long time, the consumer. I mean, as much as I've been railing for the last few days regarding China and so forth, the simple fact is most most people. I mean, you know, most people is an easy thing to say, but. Most people feel that the only reason why they get anything at a decent price is because people buy it from China. Now Vietnam and Thailand, because I mean, people are exiting China and going other places in the last several years from what both Trump and, and Biden have done in terms of tariffs and in terms of blocking some things and essentially making life a little more miserable, which I don't disagree with, for those kinds of imports. So, but I mean, if, if you walked in, I mean, your, your, your clientele, which is the population, if you walk in and there's American blue jeans for eighty bucks and Chinese blue jeans for forty bucks, and if if they might be ten percent worse or twenty percent worse, I think people, especially with families and so forth, are going to buy the forty dollar blue jeans. I mean, Maddie, where am I wrong here? I, I mean, it, the pe- people are making their decisions, and for the and uh, and it's it's real easy for the government to say, well, hell, these guys want to take over Taiwan, and but they're bad people, which is actually true. Uh, I, I agree with that, but you're not going to stop people from TikTok. You're not going to. I'm not going to get my new Duluth trading catalog, and all of a sudden the American blue jeans are back in there. They used to be in there, man. I mean, how, how do and what do what do people in, in your era, in your in your age group, 
think about this whole mess. I mean, I know with, with baby clothes and stuff, I mean, you, it costs an arm and a leg for that stuff. I mean, if it's cheaper from China, does anybody hesitate? Um, probably not. I mean, I don't know how you... There are a lot of great... Uh, you, I mean, you have to you have to search for them. Or actually, they hit you in the face with advertisement now on social media. But there are a lot of great uh, U.S. companies out there, startup companies in the clothing space and, um, you know, accessories and little things like that. Um, you got to pay up, though. I mean, you're going to pay two or three times more. Um, but uh, but you're going to get nice quality stuff that's made in the U.S. So we're, we're, we're making some progress, is what you're saying. Well, I think you're as far as options... There are options out there now, um, but they're not in stores. <laughs> you got to buy them directly online, and you got to pay up. So, you know, will I do that for some things? Sure, because I, I actually do it because of the quality, not because I care particularly about China one way or the other. Um, but they're, the stuff made in China just is bad quality. Well, it's really hard. It, it's really hard for. It's gonna sound awful for somebody like you. The, the entire life, we've been trading with China. And all of a sudden, one day, somebody says, these guys are horrible. I, I happen to think they were kind of horrible all along. Uh, but, but I own stuff from China. I mean, it's not like... It, but it, it's... It, now, to, now to say to somebody, what you've done for 35 years, you, you shouldn't have been doing them by the way, stop it. But you're going to say, wait a minute, wh- what exactly changed, right? I mean... Uh, yeah, that's true. But I, it's not like I'm, I'm criticizing my, anybody for buying that stuff. I just... I mean, I, I have a different view because when my... Mother's cousin went over there right after the ping pong diplomacy. They were the first mining company to go to China. And the Chinese dude says, we'll buy one of everything you make. And he goes, that's not happening. <laughs> I got on a plane and come back. Because he, he was not some dummy. It was obvious what they were going to do, take it apart and make it themselves, uh, you know, if, if they could. So, I mean, it, it, this has been their modus operandi forever. You know, they, they stole Beatle albums. They didn't want to pay royalties. They didn't want to... You know, how many computers do they have versus how many software things? Maybe we've known this forever, but because so many people are invested there. I mean, today, if you listen to CNBC all day long, you're going to find two or three people are going to say, if you're not invested in China right now, you're crazy. The same, the same time we're shooting down their planes and trying to have people saying that the, the, the president should resign because he's too soft on China. It's all, this is all in the same hour on TV. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy, isn't it, man? I mean, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it is. What, uh, all right, you have one minute. Bulls going to make the playoffs or no? Well, I think they'll make the play-in because that's pretty easy to make. Um, they're out of it now. You just got to get in the top ten. They're, they're a half game out of yeah. it right now. But uh, what, what is that? I mean, is, is that really the goal? Uh, so, yeah, they're a disaster. I mean, they, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it, it, at the time, some of the trades they made looked like they may be good, and, and but, uh, you know, Wendell Carter – or, uh, sorry, uh, Laurie Markkinen's a starter in the All-Star game now. Yeah. And looks like one of the great young players in the league, and they gave up on him right away because it wasn't part of their regime. Um, they did sign Zach Levine, and he's been horrible this year. Uh, Lonzo Ball is 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 damaged goods and apparently never coming back. Manny, would you get your your knee operated on by that doctor? I don't know if I would do anything with that doctor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're they're in uh, they're in bad shape, and it, they kind of had a honeymoon period last year and, and made the playoffs, even though they lost in the first round and were you know certainly not competing for a championship. But you you thought Lonzo Ball's out, you know he'll be back next year, and then we'll see what we have. And then he's just never come back, and they've never been the same. His brother's real good. His brother's not as good as him, though, is he? Well, I think his brother is a more talented scorer than him. But Lonzo Ball is a very valuable player in a lot of ways. Great defensive player, great passer, great three point shooter. 
Um, so he's exactly what the Bulls are missing, and uh, they were counting on him, and, and they're just not the same without him. Um, are you the Bear fans that think they got the number one pick and they're in the playoffs next year? I think the Bears will make the playoffs next year, yes. I do. Got it. And I, th- I thought that before the number one pick. I, went through I just think it's so easy to turn around in the NFL year over year. And it's also really easy to be really good and then really bad the next year, too, with injuries, with, uh, you know, whatever. So Did you um, read the, uh, the schedule? The trip summaries of the last two weeks of like, everybody in offense and defense and the contracts and how many people are free agents and who they all are and their performance? I did not. No. I, I actually I one-upped you on that. I went through that. I can only think of five people that are even keepers. I agree. They're, that's why they're. That's why they have the number one pick because they were. Well, terrible. but I'm saying I, I agree with you that this <laughs> they were kid terrible across the board. They get this kid, but I mean, there's, there's no, the entire offensive line could leave and nobody care. We'll see what the over unders are once the roster set uh, of win totals and. Uh, well, and Green Bay's getting worse, and and we'll see. Uh, we'll see where they're at. But you I don't think I, the, I, mean, I think the, all you got to do is win nine games, to make the playoffs, and I think they're going to do that. So. I, I think Detroit's I think roster. They, they were in every game this year for, until they started tanking at the end, <laughs> and, and they could have made the playoffs this year if they if they actually tried. Well, the one guy that they signed to, to start at guard, he's already gone, right? He, he got hurt early. The guy who was a really good player to guard, and uh, he, he's he already signed somewhere else, I think. Did he? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, how's, how's Detroit not the best team in the division next year? They could very well be, and the Vikings aren't going anywhere. I mean, I don't. I, I think they were pretty fortunate this year, but they still have a lot of talent. Green Bay on the downslide. They could, they could be the worst team next year. It's possible. Or the Bears could be bad again. Anyway, Matty, always good talking to you about sports and everything else. SP Futures up four, Nancy Futures down 250. So, so much for the uh, the 750 straddle in the queues as of right now. We were kind of unchanged. I'll be back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.